to Will's welcome earlier. Let me add my own. My name's Alan Strange. I'm the rector here at Holy Trinity. Over the great arch uh, of our church, you will see our banner this evening. Emmanuel. It means God with us. And it is the name of a child promised in the prophecy of Isaiah, many centuries before Jesus. But according to the book written by Jesus' friend Matthew, it was fulfilled when Jesus was born. And what I want to do tonight is just investigate those three words, God with us. I've uh, asked for the screen to be used, uh, partly because it keeps you occupied, uh, whoever you may be, uh, but also because uh, I'm conscious this is a time of year when we have a number of people who, for whom English is not their first language, and it may help. So first, us. Well, you saw the stats on the video. 500,000 people lost someone in the UK last year who was close to them. 250,000 elderly people will be alone this Christmas. Many thousands of children will be homeless. Or we can ask the same questions locally. Over the summer, we asked in our local area, what hurts the most? And we had a thousand answers. What deeply affected me was this. Over half the answers were to do with isolation. Lack of confidence... A sense of worthlessness, suffering, loneliness, separation, rejection, conflict, mental illness, relationship breakdown. These dominated. But one category came out above all others. The top of a sad heap. The pain of bereavement. Our humanity feels broken. And it is our humanity, us. The answers are not exclusive to those outside the church or to those inside it. And that matters, I think. Yes, there are those of us who come to tonight and to Isaiah chapter 9 with a Christian hope of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. But we know that that isn't the case, at least not around me, I don't know about around you. The world around the church knows, just instinctively feels, that if there is good news at Christmas, it has to be for everyone, for the whole world. There is something global about this birth. And that is pictured for us in our first reading. The Bible records the account of Babel, as the place where the confusion of the world set in. It was the language of the whole world that was confused, and God scattered them across the face of the whole world. But the next story is the story of Abram, who became Abraham. And God's intention is to match the confusion of the whole world with his promises to the whole world. All peoples on earth, he says to Abram, will be blessed through you. The brokenness affects the whole of humanity, so the answer must affect the whole of humanity too. 
Whatever we do in the church, we must not hog the answer to ourselves as though it is for us to put the Christ into Christmas. The world's instincts are right. Christmas is about us. And the us that Christmas is about must be the whole world. With. For the Christmas card from church this year, I wanted to use a piece of art that uh, impacted me strongly when I first saw it. It's Tracy Emmons' installation in Los Angeles in neon. With you, I want to live. What's powerful about it for me is precisely that we cannot see who it is for. There is no one man to whom it is addressed. Perhaps there is a man, we can't know. It's certainly not about God. And so it becomes a loud, bright cry into open space that life is lonely and that the answer has to be someone who will live and live fully with the artist. Of course, once it's on a wall, even the artist herself fades away. And it's a simple, very powerful cry. I need someone to be with. And so it functions for all of us. It expresses that powerful longing that any lonely person knows. And all of us are that lonely person at some time. But if only that were enough, because most of us have been let down. For me, the most powerful answer in the survey we conducted uh, around who cares was someone who answered the question, what hurts the most, by writing, betrayal, when I was the one who betrayed. Where would you go with that hanging over you? What's it like to wake up every morning knowing that that is you? We know what it is to be let down and to let down others, and we long that someone would just sit and be truly, holy with us. But even if we had that, could it be enough? Can it be enough tonight in Peshawar, where 141 died as a result of the massacre this past week, it is a crime that reduces us to stunned silence at its horror. Or in the same town, consider the families living now without, without the 127 people killed. Same town. Killed at All Saints Church in 2013. We long to live with, and there is a terrible pain to living without. Ask the young police widow in Liverpool whose husband was killed this week, or those impacted by the murder of children in Cairns, Australia. The problem is that with so easily becomes without. Death has taken away all possibility 
that those individuals will again be, be with those they care for. How many of the lonely in our parish, how many of the homeless in our city used to have a person to be with and now only know the pain of being without? It's not enough. It's not enough of an answer to promise a friend, even a Christian friend. It's not enough even to suppose that there's a God who will be with us in the pain if all that person, all that God can do is to be with us. Our hearts cry out for a love that will be with us, yes, but also for a power that will do something for us. And so I point to our second reading. The angels announce that a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. There's something there in that word, Savior, about a a rescuer, a promise of personal attention that, that saves us. But there's also that other word, Lord, about being in charge of absolutely everything, of all that is. And that means we have to go to our third word, God. I was reminded this morning of the origins of the Festival of Nine Lessons and Carols from King's College in Cambridge, which I'm guessing a number of us listen to year by year. The chaplain who established it in 1918, Eric Milner-White, was a brilliant scholar who himself had a heroic record in the First World War. And that being so, it's not surprising that the unvarying reading since 1918 from Isaiah in what uh, Eric Milner White laid down is verses 2 to 7, but with verses 3 to 5 missed out. I wasn't sure if it would get all get on the screen. It does good. These verses that are missing concern battle, armies, and plunder. In the time of Isaiah, there was a threat from the territory of Midian, south and east of the Dead Sea. And Isaiah insists that God's chosen one will defeat those armies and bring peace. But Eric Milner White did not want those verses with memories too close of the war in which blood and boots had been the very fabric of battle. So it's understandable that he left them out. But it's perhaps time now to put back those missing verses. Because without them, we can leave the impression that this child will bring peace in some vague, peaceful way, tranquil. By gentle ways, he will usher in his government of peace. And we want that peace, so we speak the verses and ask God to be that kind of peace bringer. But that is not what Isaiah said. Every warrior's boot used in battle will be fuel for the burning, is what he said. The child born to us who will be the Prince of Peace 
will become the Prince of Peace as he himself defeats every other power. Every oppressed country in those days, the days of Isaiah and of Jesus, and of course these days too, knew that the only way you get peace is to live under an authority that has imposed its will by force upon the last set of oppressors, the Pax Romana that Jesus lived under was not peace as we think of it, but a peace brutally enforced by an army mightier and stronger than, any world, than, any, than the world had ever known. This child would bring peace then by defeating conflict itself. The Psalms speak of the moment when wars shall cease as he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. And that is a promise that holds out hope to those who grieve today in Peshawar. Even for those mourning the loss of children in West Africa. Even for those in Nigeria, remember them who still wait for the return of their girls, not knowing whether they are alive or dead. Because this birth is of one who shall be everlasting. And the greatest hurt reported in the many thousands of answers to our question across Norfolk is the pain of losing a loved one to death. This child born in a stable will walk the hills of Galilee and teach in the squares of Jerusalem will give his life as a ransom for his people, and he will thus fulfill the ancient calling laid upon Abram to bring a blessing to all the peoples of all the earth. When he is raised from death, it will be seen that here is the Savior, the Rescuer. Here is Christ, the Lord of all. The Lord over the final conflict the last enemy, death itself. It's okay, I'd want no other background than a child giggling. We want a God who brings peace. Golly, how the world has needed peace this week. We want a God who will be with us. But when he is with us, we need him to be God fully able to defeat the final enemy that currently defeats us, to usher in a different age in which his kingdom will increase, and it does. When all saints Peshawar experienced that massacre, the congregation tripled in the next few weeks. Through that church, God was on display, as St. Paul promised in Ephesians, and it's the calling laid on every church. He writes to the Ephesians in our third reading that the Jesus whose life has overcome death has in the process been the blessing that Abraham's people were to be to the whole world. And so the barriers between Jew and Gentile are abolished and St. Paul is sent to take to the Gentiles, that's you and me, by the way, 
the good news that they are now inside God's will and purpose for them. And I guess that's where we come in. Those who know that Christ is Lord are themselves sent immediately to do what the shepherds did when they saw the baby. They went off and told everyone. Well, I can't tell everyone, but I can tell you. And I can invite you to something that we're running in January and on from January. I was brought to the recognition that Christ is Lord simply by hearing the story in full for the first time, just before I went to university. And I saw the fundamental coherence of the story. And that's why I want to, do, try, to try and do something slightly different from the many courses that we've run over the years which have got their own value and in their own way. I want to ask, what did Jesus think he was doing? If you were on the men's weekend, and some of you were, you'll have heard Paul Weston talk about telling the gospel from the gospels, the good news from the story of Jesus. Well, that's a good description of what I've wanted, and it's what I'm inviting you to. Eight weeks, eight sessions, depending on numbers, we'll work out where they are, but it starts on the 21st of January in the evening. There's more after Christmas, there'll be more on our website But there, for the moment, is that invitation. Each of those words might matter. We might feel excluded and need to know that the word important is us. We might feel alone and need to know that the word important is the word with. We might feel that actually we've done pretty well and we have people to be with us in the difficulties we face. But actually, the important word is God. If it's appropriate for you, then come along to that course. But for the moment, I'm going to pray and, well, enter into the prayer as you feel able, if it's appropriate as we give ourselves so that we are with the God who is with us. Let us pray. Lord God, us. We need someone to be with us. And if we are in the happy position tonight of feeling, well, no, I don't, then we know the world is a dreadful place for the very many millions for whom it is true. But we know, too, that the one that is with us will only be worth it if he can do what is needed and put right what is amiss in our own world. And if it's amiss in our own world, we know that that's because it is amiss in our own hearts first and foremost. And the only one that qualifies is one who will defeat death, the final enemy, 
And so we look to you, our God, to be God with us. And we rejoice that you have made yourself known to us as Emmanuel. And we give ourselves to be with you and to join in the song of the angels and the tale of the shepherds and the story that St. Paul has to tell and the millions down the ages who have known that this is the Savior of the world. This is Christ the Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.